0: Well, welcome everyone to Edinburgh Church. Uh, Let me just say happy Easter to all of you. I especially want to say to all of you who maybe this is your first time here at Edinburgh, or maybe it's been a while since you've been here, I just want to invite you just to sit back and uh, relax, just enjoy the rest uh, of the service. Um, We don't want anything from you, we want something for you today. Uh, I just want you to know we don't care what you're wearing in this place. We're just glad you're wearing something. All right. Uh, Ultimately, we're just glad that you are here. And I do want to let all of us know uh, about a series that's going to be starting up next week. We're going to be getting um, a a series called Fight for Their Future. And we're going to be answering four crucial questions that every child needs answered in their life. And so whether you're a parent with little kids or you're a parent with with teenagers or grown-up kids, I promise you this series is going to be applicable and relevant um, for you. Whether you're a a parent or even a grandparent, maybe you're an aunt or an uncle, or maybe you just know of another parent who could use some help, um, you're not going to want to miss this series. It's a part of something we call our Fight for Family initiative. We're passionate about helping families uh, here at Edinburgh, and we care About the next generation. We wanna help raise up the next generation to be emotionally and spiritually healthy adults who live out God's good plan for their life. So I encourage you to be here next week as we kick that off. But this morning, just right out of the gate, I I wanna start off with a question. I just wanna ask you, what what are you hoping for in life? Maybe you've never really thought about it, but I just wanna ask you, what, what are you hoping for? In life, Uh, maybe some of us are hoping that the twins have a better season. Maybe maybe some of you are hoping for a career, a future career, or a career change of some kind. Maybe some of you are hoping for a relationship and that a relationship of some kind will work out. What what are you hoping for? You could describe hope this way very simple definition, just it's the belief that what you long for will happen. That's what hope is it's just the belief that what you long for will happen. Uh, Danielle, my wife, and I, we we have hopes for our children. (laughs) In fact, I remember when my son was four years old, we were taking him to the mall, and on that drive to the mall, we were just kind of dreaming of his future, just kind of hoping, you know, what he was going to do with his life to fulfill God's Good plan for him. And I remember we were, we were thinking things like, um, you know, Danielle I think said maybe he'll be a successful businessman who's just good and business savvy, something like that. I think I said, no, I want him to be wor- a person who works with his hands and he's a hard worker and, you know, sweats at the end of the day. I think it eventually turned into, I, I hope he's the next Tiger Woods. And then it eventually evolved into maybe our son could be the next future president of the United States. I mean, right? Somebody's got to do it. So the conversation just kind of evolved. And then we get to the mall, and we run into this couple we hadn't seen uh, for a while. And so we naturally start up a conversation, kind of get lost in the conversation, and lose track of Logan. As we're talking, one of the, the... People in this couple, they they say, you know, I hate to have to be the one to tell you this, but your son is in the trash can. (laughs) And so we look over, and there is our son. Uh, He has dived into one of those barrel-like trash cans, all right, feet sticking straight into the air. Uh, We didn't know what to say, so I just said, you know, it's been a long day. He's hungry. He's just looking for a snack, okay? Let him... Uh, this ended the conversation. They went their own way, and we pulled the future president of the United States out of the trash can, <laughs> smelling like garbage. Uh, the conversation on the way home was a lot different <laughs> than, than the conversation on the way there. Now, my son, he's now 10 years old, hard to believe, uh, but he is an amazing kid, and as his dad, there's a lot of things about my son I, I really do admire. Um, But, you know, we've all had hopes and we've all had dreams. And we've also all had hopes and dreams that didn't come to pass. We've all had hopes that have been crushed. We've all had dreams that have been shattered. And I just wonder in this room right now what some of those dreams in your life have been that have been shattered. What some of those hopes that you've had uh, didn't come to pass. Maybe it was a marriage You know, for some of us, maybe it was a career. Maybe for some of us, we wanted to conceive and have children, but it just hasn't worked out. When I think about some individuals who would have had hopes that were dashed to pieces, I think about the disciples, those who originally followed Jesus. Many of the disciples followed Jesus for three years, And they had high hopes. They believed he was going to be this earthly ruler. They believed he was going to be the next king of Israel and that he was going to rule and that they were going to rule with him. And yet, after three years of following Jesus, they watch as he's arrested and handed over to the authorities. They would beat and whip Jesus within an inch of his life. And after losing copious amounts of blood, they would take Jesus... And they would crucify him. And the way crucifixion worked is they would take nails and they would nail them through his hands and through his feet. And generally, you you died of suffocation on the cross because you would have to pull yourself up or push yourself up so that you could catch that next breath until you couldn't do it anymore. And you would eventually just suffocate. And so something the Roman guards or what were known as the centurions would do is they would come to these criminals hanging on the cross, and they would break their legs so that they couldn't push themselves up any longer. But when they get to Jesus, he's not moving. And so the Bible tells us they took a spear and they pierced his side, and blood and water, we're told, flowed out. Jesus had died, and the hopes of the disciples seemingly died with him. Many of the disciples after this, they went into hiding because they feared they would be next. But we read about two of Jesus' disciples who were walking on this path to this town, this village called Emmaus. And in Luke's gospel account, we read this. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. Somehow God veils the most recognizable person in the world at the time. His own disciples somehow don't recognize him. Jesus then asks them, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. And then one of them, Cleopas, he replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened in the last few days, referring to the cross, referring to Jesus' crucifixion. And here is Jesus in their midst, and it's almost like just a play with them. I love what Jesus says next. What things? (laughs) What things? The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet, Who did powerful miracles and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. They had hoped. They thought their hopes had been dashed to pieces. But right there in their presence was new living hope. In fact, right there in their presence was another hope. It was a greater hope. And I believe here this morning, there's another hope for all of us. In fact, I believe there's a greater hope for all of us that every single one of us can have. In fact, my hope for us this morning is as we walk out of this place, we would have this hope, this greater hope in our lives. And so what I want to do is just with the remainder of our time, I just want to talk about two of the hopes that we can all have because of this Jesus. The first hope is a hope for a fresh start. You know, I I don't know about you, but I've had many times in my life where I've needed a fresh start, where I've needed a new beginning, where I've needed forgiveness And that's what Easter is all about. Jesus came, he died on the cross so that you and I could have forgiveness, the forgiveness of sins. In fact, just before Jesus was crucified, he eats this last meal with his disciples and he takes a cup of wine and he holds it up and he says, this cup, it it represents my blood, which is going to be poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Theologically, we call this the atonement. Uh, To atone simply means that you pay the penalty or pay the price for some penalty, and that's what Jesus did. You know, if you get pulled over and you get a ticket, uh, you know, you you have to pay the the, the price of that sin, so to speak. You have to atone for that ticket. Jesus came to atone for our sin, to pay the penalty of our sin in our place so that you and I wouldn't have to pay that price. I told you about my son, uh, Logan, earlier. Um, What I didn't tell you is that he has a twin sister, uh, Michaela. And, in fact, uh, I think I have a picture of them when they're... Don't say ah, okay? (laughs) Okay, because when they were three years old, they were a handful. They were sinners, Okay? (laughs) And, in fact, one of the the favorite things they liked to do with dad was they they liked to run in opposite directions. So when I was going out in public, you know, and I'm trying to watch my kids, one of them would dash one way, and then the other one would go the other way. It was like they conspired because they knew if one would get caught and sacrifice themselves, but the other one could make a run for it. (laughs) And so I heard about these backpacks that are monkeys that have tails, and <laughs> and when they would try to run, you just give that tail a little yank, just a little tug, and there'd be like a little yelp at the end of the tail, but it would keep them from getting away, Now I know what some of you are thinking, that's like a leash, did you really put a leash on your child, leashes are for dogs, but we love dogs. <laughs> No one puts leashes on cats. You notice? All right. I, I, I shouldn't have said that. I, uh, right? But we love our dogs. And we love our kids. And so you would just give them a tug. It was a beautiful thing. Just a little tug, a little yelp. And it would keep them in line. On one occasion, it actually saved my son's life. Um, We were shopping, and he tripped over his feet, and he fell in the middle of the floor. And and God bless her, there was this lady on this motorized cart who was coming right at my son. Normally, he would get up, and we would go on our way. But for whatever reason, he wasn't hurt or anything like that. He'd just lie there. And I'm thinking this lady on this cart, right, she's going to stop or she's going to go around. She doesn't. She just keeps coming. She must not have been able to see too well. She doesn't see Logan laying on the floor. And so I'm over here going, Logan, get up. I've got, I've got the, the, the tail. And get up. And he's not getting up. He's just laying there. And she's coming. And so I have to give that thing a yank. And in fact, I yank him off the floor. You could hear his hands sliding across the tile floor as this lady zips by doesn't say a word about it. it 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 actually saved his life that day I love what the prophet Isaiah says and this is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah he says he says we all like sheep like Logan and Michaela have gone astray we all but that's why Jesus came Let's look at that whole verse. He says, we all like sheep have gone astray, but God laid on him the sins of us all. Sometimes we feel that tug from God. Sometimes we know when we cross those good boundaries that God put in place, we feel that that tug. And that tug's there because God loves us and he wants to bring us back to himself. He gives us Jesus to pay the price for that sin so that you and I can have a new, fresh start. I've needed a fresh start. When I was in eighth grade, I I started dabbling with drugs. I was just trying to escape the pain of, of my world at the time, and it eventually turned into something I was doing every day. I started experimenting with all kinds of drugs, doing drugs each and every day, through what would have been my junior year. I, I never actually completed high school um, because I was hooked on drugs. And I had ruined my life. I had made a wreck of things. And I could feel that tug. I knew I had crossed those boundaries that God had put in place. And I had made a wreck of not only my own life, but the life of others. And the problem was I just felt ashamed about it. I felt guilty for what I had done. And I kept nailing myself to the cross. And then what I learned is that that's why Jesus came. So that I could stop nailing myself to the cross because he was willing to take those sins for me and keep those sins and pay for those sins there so that I could be set free and so that I could have a fresh start. And I got to tell you, God has given me a new start. He's given me a fresh start at life. And even today, I still make a mess of things and I still need new beginnings. I still need a fresh start. I still need the forgiveness of my sin. And I just wonder who's out there right now who needs to hear that Jesus paid for their sin and that they can have a fresh start. Maybe it's you who saw a marriage fall apart and maybe you feel responsible for that. Maybe it's for the person who had the affair. Maybe it's for the person who had the abortion. Maybe it's the person who feels like they failed as a parent or failed as a spouse. Maybe it's simply for the person who feels like they said something that hurt somebody else or did something at work that wasn't honest. I don't know what that is, but I do know we've all, like sheep, gone astray, and we all need Jesus to pay for our sins. And the good news is he will pay for your sins and give you a fresh start. That is a hope we can all have. That's the first hope all of us can walk out of here this morning knowing that our sins can be forgiven, our slate can be cleaned, and we can have a fresh start. But there's a second hope I also want to tell you about. It's the hope for eternal life. I know we don't like to talk about death, but friends, death is a reality. Okay? There's... 100% 100% chance that someday you are going to die. And I know we think we have time, and it's not something we need to talk about so we can just sweep it under the rug. John Ortberg, he's a famous author, leader. He says this. He says, we don't talk about the D word much. We talk about life. There's a game called life. There's a serial called life. There's not a serial called death. You know, no one asks for a hearty bowl of death in the morning right? It's not something we like to talk about. But friends, death, it's a reality. In fact, one of the Bible writers is contemplating his own life and death. And he says this, he says, how many days do I have left? How brief is my time on earth? Recognizing that life is not very long. He says, you've made my days no longer than the width of my hand. It's not a long time. The span of my years is but a moment. My life is but a breath. It's here, and then it's, it's gone. He says elsewhere, what person can live and not see death? Who can save himself from the power of the grave? The obvious answer is no one. Then he, but then he says this. He says, my only hope is in you, God. My only hope is in God. And, and First Peter, I, I love what it says. It says, my only hope is in God who raised Jesus From the dead. That's what Easter is about. Jesus died, but Jesus was raised on the third day, and he conquered death. And he promised all who put their faith in him they would conquer death too, and they would have this eternal life. And so I just want to ask you the question Do you know what will happen when that day comes for you? Do you have that assurance? that you have eternal life, you, you can. I met a guy named Mark many years ago. Mark was a part of this church, um, had been a part of this church for many years. Uh, he was one of the most fit and healthy people I ever met. In fact, my wife was in a running group with him and said it was, at the time, very hard to keep up with, with Mark. But then something happened, and I want you to hear the story of mark
1: mark was my my strong muscle man <laughs> uh, if you knew mark you knew he was 95 uh, percent muscle he took very good care of himself and uh, he was my provider he was my encourager he was uh, powerful in in everything he did he, he was Powerful in his faith. He was powerful in his his walk with Christ. He was powerful in the business world um, He was my confidant. I, I could take any question concern Whatever to him and, and talk with him about, about whatever was on my mind He was my constant companion because we did work together. We were together for 18 to 20 hours a day and he really was my my lover and my best friend. October 2nd, 2017, started just like any other day for us. I got up and, and started to get ready for work. And Mark got up and he went down to the kitchen and made himself his breakfast, did some dishes and headed out to the garage, he had converted our garage over to a gym so that he could he could do his uh, exercise routines at home. And like I said, he was, he was a very strong guy. He loved exercise and, and he worked hard and diligent at that. And um, he had gone out to the garage to exercise. <clears throat> and I, I gave him his kiss goodbye and I said, I'll see you in a little while. And he said, okay, and I I walked up up the garage and and hopped in the car and left. And he typically would come into the office about 8.30, and 8.30 came and went, and I thought that was kind of odd. Called home, because my daughter Jessie was, was still at home, and I asked her to look and see if he had left for the day yet. And we continued talking as he, as she walked around the house looking for him. And she got to the garage and I, I heard her say, Dad. And then it was a, a sound in her voice that I hadn't heard before. And she said, get home now. And the phone went dead. And I knew something was terribly wrong. And I grabbed my keys and I, I ran home. Couldn't get home fast enough and I I came pulling up and the police were there the ambulance was there and they had relieved Jessie she had started CPR as soon as she found him and they had relieved her of that and uh, had started hooking him up to a machine called the Lucas machine which is a a hands-free CPR machine and they began their their business and I was talking to Mark, asking him to to please come back. And I was talking to God and I was pleading with him to bring him back to us and and to not let this end this way. So grief has been a, a very long, An extremely painful process Um, the only way I could say that I have made it this far is because of the strength of God Um, people have asked me about the hope why I have hope that uh, in Jesus Christ and why I have hope that I will see Mark again Um, like I said Mark was a follower of Christ and he this very minute is in heaven with Christ I have no doubts about that each and every one of us will stand before Christ and give an account for our lives and my hope and prayer is that because of my circumstances and Mark's life and death that People will learn who God is and that they will put their faith in Christ and that they will uh, one day be welcomed into heaven by Mark and by Jesus.
0: Well, I want to thank Sherry and the Reese family for sharing um, their story. Friends, it's a reminder that Death is a reality, and it can happen to any of us. Mark, like I said, he was one of the most fit guys you would have ever met in your life. We don't know how many days we have here on earth. What we can know is that through Christ, we can spend eternity with God in this place called heaven. That's what Easter is about, Jesus conquering death, Jesus conquering the grave to offer eternal life to all who put their faith in him. And I just want to share one more scripture with you. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus himself says this. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even after dying, will have eternal life. And the good news here is that you, you don't have to earn it. You, you don't have to work for it. You don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops. You don't have to clean up your life before you can have it. It's a free gift. It's something that God offers us freely. The Bible calls it a free gift. It's simply something you ask God for, something that you then receive. And I need you to hear this this morning. Jesus knows you. He knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows all of your sin and all of your junk. He loves you with a fierce love. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. Friends, that's why Jesus came because he loves you and he wants to spend eternity with you and he wants to give you a fresh start now. And I believe there's some of us in here this morning that are ready to receive that gift. and are ready to receive that hope into their life, to make Jesus their personal savior. It's something you, you just receive it. You just believe. You, you can't trust in your parents, no matter how good they are, It's something you receive from Christ and and Christ alone. And I want to give us an opportunity to receive that gift of a fresh start in eternal life into our lives this morning so that we can walk out of here with hope. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to ask us to bow our heads. And I'm going to pray for us as we do that. I believe there's some of you ready to make that, that decision. And as I pray this prayer, just let this be your prayer. I want to start by just thanking Jesus for what he's done for us. Jesus, that you would, you would take that cross for us. Some of us here, Jesus, this morning, we have been nailing ourselves to the cross. My prayer for them is that they would hand that sin over to you and let you pay it for them. When you died, you said, it is finished. It is finished. And we can walk out of here this morning knowing that past, present, even future sins have been paid for by you, Lord Jesus. Some of us in here this morning, Lord, we need eternal life. And I pray that walls would come down in our hearts and that we would have open hearts. We would receive this free gift you give us. I don't know why we wouldn't receive it. The work has been done. Now we just receive it. Into our life, And so if you're out there right now, I just want to give you an opportunity to take hold of this gift. And, and just, you don't have to say this out loud, you can just say it in your heart. This is between you and God. You just say, Jesus, I need a fresh start. I need you to forgive me of my sin and give me a new beginning in life. And Jesus, I want the eternal life that you hand out to me. You've done the work, and Lord, I want to spend my eternity with you. Jesus, I make you the Savior of my life. I make you the Lord of my life. Thank you that you love me. I don't fully understand all of this. I don't fully understand the church and how all this works. But Jesus, I pray you would be a part of my life, and you would... Help me to grow in these things, trusting you more and more, day by day, step by step. And who you are and what you've done for me. Thank you for the freedom from shame and guilt we have in your name. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Friends, I want you to know if you prayed that prayer today, we're told that heaven is right now rejoicing over you and we want to help you as a church we don't want to pressure you or anything like that but we do want to give you a free resource just as a way of following to help follow this Jesus Christ and so I'm going to ask us all to do something I'm going to ask us all to participate in this would everyone just pull out their cell phone we all do that I know it's church just pull out your cell phone take it out don't be ashamed if you're an Android user all right it it, it's okay Everybody, take out their phone. If you made that decision today, we, we want to help you. And again, there's not going to be any pressure, I promise you. We're not going to hassle you anything like that. We're just going to send you a free resource. But we need to know who you are. And so I'm just going to ask, would you text "Yes, Jesus" to 555-888? You just text Yes Jesus to 555-888, and we will get you that free resource later this week. We really want to be a church that's here for you. We'll be here when you're ready to ask questions. Again, we're not going to pressure you or hassle you, but we will be here to help walk alongside of you when you're ready. So text that in, Yes Jesus 555-888. Now I'm going to ask, let's stand and let's worship this Jesus. Thank you for watching the message today at Edinburgh Church. Our hope is that you heard the clear message that God loves you and He wants to spend eternity with you. If you made the decision to follow Jesus Christ today, that's great. We want to hear about it. We want to encourage and help you in your new faith journey. We want to send you a free resource of next steps to take in your new relationship with Jesus Christ. Email the address below or text YESJESUS to 555-888 to let us know. Thanks again for joining us. We want to celebrate with you.